Okay, here we go. Divrei Hayamim Aleph, Perek, Vav. As we continue with the lineage, these first few prakim of Divrei Hayamim Aleph is all lists of names, all lists of names. And here we continue. There will be action. There will be action-packed prakim. But meanwhile, we're still in the names. We continue with Shevet Levi. We started with Shevet Levi last Perek. And now we continue with Shevet Levi. B'nai Levi, the children of Levi. The first 32 psukim in this uh, <coughs> somewhat lengthy Perek. Um, has the lineage going all the way down, um, and then we have the uh, three main singers that David HaMelech appoints uh, in the Mishkan, and then we have the list of cities that the Leviim um, resided in, Shevet Levi resided in throughout Klai Yisrael. As we know, they didn't get a portion, uh, as the Torah tells us, that their their portion um, is working for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore they just get cities uh, throughout <laughs> the other Shvatim Zanachala, and those are listed here. So we start off with B'nai Levi, Gershom, sometimes the Nun and the Mem switch, Kahas Umarari, the three ma- the three uh, sons of Levi, as we know. Ve'elish was B'nai Gershom, Livni, Vishimi, Gershom's line, Livni and Shimi, B'nai Kahas, the children of Kahas, Amram, Ve'yitzar, Chevron, Ve'uziel. Amram, we spoke a little bit about last uh, last parak, the Rambam, that says Amram got mitzvos, the Meshachach Mizdiyak, maybe we know that from the fact that it says Elokei Avicha. Uh, Amram is also, as we mentioned, one of the four people who never sinned. The Gemara tells us in Shabbos and Abba Basra, Amram and Kilav, Binyamin, and Yishai are the four that never sinned. I think I mentioned in the past the thought that I heard from Rabbi Alan Schwartz uh, probably about 35 years ago, uh, and that is based on a Gemara, Mesechah Sanhedrin, and Dafkuf Aleph. The Gemara there says that Amr, Rabbi Barachana, when Rabbi Eliezer was sick, Kushala Rabbi Eliezer, Nichnusu Talmid of Lavakro, his Talmid went to visit him, the great Rabbi Eliezer. Amr Lahem, he said to them, Chema Aza Yeshba Olam. Right, I feel uh, very uh, hot. Chema Aza. Hitchiluim Bochim, they start crying, Rabbi Akiva Mesachik. As Rabbi Akiva, always the optimist, always the one with a positive attitude, he's smiling and laughing as his Rebbe is on his deathbed. Amrulo Lamata Mesachik. They say, Well, why are you laughing? Why are you crying? Armula, they say, well, our behavior doesn't really need explanation. Efsher, Sefer Torah, Shari, Bitsar, Velonivka. Is it possible for the Sefer Torah to be Bitsar and we won't cry? That's why I'm crying. As long as I saw my Rebbe without any suffering in the world, all the Baal Agada speak about these four um, descriptions. Right, I, I, His wine didn't go bad, his flax didn't get ruined, his oil didn't get putrid, and his honey didn't go bad. Amarti... Even though honey, according to some, maybe never goes bad, but something happens to it. Amarti, I said, Shemachas Vashem, Kibo Rebbe Olamo. Maybe Rebbe already got his Olam. Right, if he didn't have any any Yisurin in this world, but now that I see he's getting something in this world, I know he's going straight to Olam Abba in the next world. So the Rebbe speaks, turns, Rebbe Eleazar talks to Rebbe Akiva, says, Akiva, what did I do wrong? What am I deserving of this? He says, you taught us, and he quotes a pasuk in Kohelis, ki adam ain't Basically, everybody does things wrong. Nobody's perfect, so therefore, that's why I have my attitude. So, question number one: that, that how you talk to a Rebbe, right? Rebbe, well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> number two, maybe he was perfect. Maybe he was like the four people that I ever sinned. Number three, why does he say limatano rabenu? Why doesn't he say haksiv? Shlomo Melech says in Kohelis, haksiv. Why does he say limatano rabenu? You taught us, you didn't teach us. So, 
um, he explained that really <laughs> the four people that never sinned, what do they have in common? Each of them were not the Gadol Adar. They were very close to a Gadol Adar, somebody who made, I should say it this way, somebody who made the difference in Jewish history of that generation. Yishai, it was David. And Kilov, it was Shlomo. And Binyamin, it was Yosef. And Amram, it was Moshe. Right, so those four, so they were very close. They weren't perfect. They weren't perfect. But they each were very close. What does that mean? Because if you're the leader of the Jewish people and you make a difference in life, sometimes you're not perfect. And sometimes you're going to step on somebody's toes. And that's what we learned from the Pasuk and Gohelis. Not just according to Pasuk and Gohelis, but he's telling his Rebbe, you taught us how to darshan this Pasuk. I understand. Ain't tzaddik ba'aretz. Asher yachta. There's no tzaddik in the aretz. There might be a tzaddik in a private place who doesn't want to try to make a difference in life. But if you're out there in the world, you're not going to make everybody happy. That's what he was telling um, his Rebbe. Uh, and that's why he was saying, Rebbe, you made a difference. You made a difference in the world. And that's the message that we learn from Amram. He was the God of Ador, and he was one of the four people that never sinned. But we learned the message about his son being Moshe. He also uh, happened to marry his aunt, which was an Isser relationship, where he married Yocheved, who was the daughter of Levi, while he was the grandson of Levi. And that's what the Gemara says in one place, that Moshe Rabbeinu had a kupashal shrutzim on him. Right? He had, so to speak, skeletons in the closet because his parents came from uh, this Isser lineage that was not allowed um, after the Torah was was given. So we continue. B'nei Merari, Machli Yomushi, Eilam Mishpachos HaLevi, Labo Sehem. These are the families of Levi. Legershom, Livnin Beno, Yachas Beno, Zima Beno. And again, some of these uh, names line up with other places and some of them don't because we know in Tivrei Hayamim sometimes names change and people have two different names. Yoach Beno, Ido Beno, Zerach Beno, Yasri Beno. We continue. B'nei Karhas, Aminada Beno, Korach Beno. Asir Benosa Karach is there. We could spend the rest of the year on Korach. Maybe just to mention two thoughts uh, about Parshas Korach. Uh, Rev Salvechik, who we always like to mention in this context, Rev Salvechik called Korach the common sense rebellion. The common sense rebellion. Says Rav Salvechik, he would certainly concede, right, what, what was Korach's uh, two tainas according to the Medrash, a, sefer, a room full of Sefer Torah, doesn't need a mezuzah, a, a beggar of Shekulo Tcheles, doesn't need a string, a little string of Tcheles, makes no sense, makes no sense. He would certainly succeed that there was a concede that there were specialized fields in which only experts who would have studied extensively over many years are entitled to be recognized as authorities. The intrusion of common sense judgments in these areas by unlearned layman would be both presumptuous and misleading. Korach would not have dared to interfere with Bitzalel's architectural and engineering expertise in the construction of the tabernacle, the Mishkan, because construction skills were clearly beyond his competence. Today, reasonable people can see the authority of mathematicians, physicists, and physicians in their area of expertise, and would not think of challenging them merely on the basis of common sense. But when it comes to Torah, when it comes to halacha, everybody thinks they're a gadol adar. Korach, why then are so many well-intentioned people ready to question the authority of the Torah scholar, the Lamdan, in his area of specialized knowledge? That was the root. Korach went and tried to rile up the masses and say, it doesn't make sense, doesn't make sense. But in Torah, it's not about that. Even though if I would walk into a surgery and tell the brain surgeon, no, I think you should do it this way, what are you talking about? You have no idea. But that was Korach, the common sense rebellion. The Ber Yosef, Yosef Misalat, also uh, goes in another direction, and he notes why Chazal tell us, Kriye Moed, Anshe Shem, 
Kriye Moed. He called members of the Sanhedrin. And what does Chazal say? Shahi Yodeya. They knew how to set the calendar. Shahi Yodim Hadashim. Why is that the emphasis of Chazal, Dafka, in the context of Korach? That they knew how to set the calendar. They knew how to set the calendar. And uh, number one. Number two, how in the world did Korach think that he was going to argue on Moshe Rabbeinu? That Aaron HaKohen, Aaron HaKohen, all the Nisan that happened with Aaron HaKohen, and there was Hashras Hashchina with Aaron HaKohen. You know, why exactly? How did he think he was going to be successful? So explains the Ber Yosef, really, he knew that everyone supported Aaron. But what he's telling Moshe was that, Moshe, you, you chose Aaron because he's your brother. Whoever you would have chosen, he would be the one. Right? It's just because you chose him. You should have chosen me. Moshe Mina says power says Korach. Moshe Mina Midaito Asachav Lekohen Gadol. Elo Tekiva Shed Ismanak Aaron Lios Kohen Gadol. His Kohen Hakadosh Baruch Hu Imo Shed Tishro Shchina Bavodaso. And to be Mechazik the Taina, he takes the members of the Sanhedrin. What do we pass him by the Sanhedrin if they set the calendar? Afilu Shogigin Afilu Mutin. Even if they make mistakes, Hashem is Maskim. So Korach takes these members of the Sanhedrin and say, Yes, yeah, just like this, you chose Aaron. Hashem was Maskim, but really you didn't have to choose Aaron, and you you just chose him because he was your brother. Moshe Rabbeinu answers, no, no, no. There are certain things that are in Bechir Chavshas, and there are certain things that you can't set. You can't change, because they're set by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does Moshe Rabbeinu say? Boker v'yoda. Boker, just like it's, there's no, no um, overlapping between night and day, morning and evening, so too there's no overlap between Aaron Cohen and you. Moshe is saying there are some things, Korach, you're me- messing up. You're messing up. You think that you could do whatever you want? No. Gvulos chalak hakadosh baruch hu ba'olamo. You call him atala arev yom balayla. Right? You could change day and night. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu was telling Karach. Karach, you know, you can't mix it. You're you're blurring the lines between what's in your control and what's not in your control. And that's what Karach, the, the problem with Karach was. He blurred that. He blurred that line. Okay, let's get to you. Says Karach. Karach beno asir beno. The children of Karach, the Gemara says at the, the Gemara, the Psukim say at the end of Midbar, but they Karach Lo Mesu. They had a high place in Gehenim. High place. They didn't go all the way down in Gehenim. Elkanah Beno, Eviyasaf Beno, Asir Beno. We continue. Tachas, Uriel, Luzia, Shaul, Bene Elkanah. Elkanah Beno, Vachulu. We continue. Pazig Yud Gimel, Uvene Shmuel. Shmuel is here, right? That's what the Chazal say. Karach saw Shmuel in his lineage, in his. Uh, Progeny, and he says, "Oh, I'm going to be saved for Shmuel." And obviously, he was wrong. B'nei Shmuel habechor vashni va'avia. So, what in the world does this mean? We know from Sefer Shmuel that Shmuel had two sons, Yoel and Avia. See here, it, what is vashni? So, some say that vashni is like Ushne. The second one was Avia. The problem is, it says vashni va'avia. And number two, why doesn't it say his name? So some say he leaves out his name, it says Bechar, the Bechar is Yoel, and the second one is Avia. The problem is the second Vav also, and why wouldn't it say his name? So the Radak and others assume, no, Vashni was a different name. Yoel had two names. One of the names was Yoel, and one of the names was Vashni, right? And just like, uh, and that's common in Divrei Hayamim, as the Radak says, like this many times, in the last parak we had six different names for Moshe, right? His name was Yoel, and his name was Vashni also, Shmuel was unique. We mention him in, in Tehillim, Usha. We say Moshe, Aaron, and Shmuel in one Pasuk. There's an amazing gra. The gra says that the Tchuna of Moshe Rabbeinu was Shechina Medaberis Mitol Grono. That Kaddish Baruch Hu spoke through Moshe Rabbeinu. It, was, it wasn't even a Nevuah. It was just Shechina Medaberis Mitol Grono based on the Zohar in Pinchas. Shechinta Medaber Alpume, the Zohar Pinchas says. 
Aaron Cohen had this um, madrega when he was a Kohen Gadol and he was speaking, saying Shem Hashem in the base of Migdash. The Gemara says in Yuma Samachvav, Shall you show me Hashem Amaforash Yotzei? Mashba says the Gra, Shayatza Me'atzmo. Sounds like it went out of his mouth. The Shem Hashem went out of Aaron Cohen's mouth. And says the Gra, that there was this tuna that Shmuel had one time. Moshe always had it. Aaron had it when he was in the base of Migdash, saying Shem Hashem. And Shmuel had it in Shmuel Aleph, Perak Yud Beis, Pasuk Yud Aleph, where he is describing Jewish history to Kal Yisrael. And he says, Vayishalach Hashem Hashem sent to you the leaders, Es Yubal, Ves Bedon, Ves Yiftach, Ves Shmuel. And that's the Mepharshim, Ves Shmuel, he should say, And me! He doesn't say, And me. He says, And Shmuel. So the Gras says, because at that point he was t- talking he was quoting HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem was Medaber Mito Grono. So that's why it's as if he's, Shmuel is in third person. And that's the Pasuk in Tehillim. Unbelievable. Moshe Aaron, Moshe, always, Aaron B'Kohanov, and Aaron, when he was a Kohen Gadol, saying Shem Hashem, U'Shemuel B'Karei Shemo. And Shmuel, when he called his own name. That's when Shechina Medeberes Bitokrono. That's an unreal gra. Uh, it's quoted here in the Penina Mishulchan Agra on Tehillim and, uh, and other places as well. So that's the uh, Bnei Shmuel, Bnei Merari. We continue. Machli Yamushi through Pasik Tezvav. And that is the lineage. So now Ve'ela, Pasik Tezayim. Ve'ela, Sherhem, David, Aideshir. These are the ones that were in charge of the vocals. In the Mishkan, right? It wasn't uh, for the base of Migdash, because David Amalek didn't end up building the base of Migdash, right? It was just, um, he was going to get ready, and eventually they transferred over to the base of Migdash. Mi Menoach Aaron, from the, the base Hashem, which was first the Mishkan, the Bama, and Givon, and later on Shlomo brought them to the base of Migdash. Vayu, and they all wrote Tehillim. These three main singers, who were they? Vayu HaMisharsim, Lifnei Mishkan Olamoed Bashir. These were the Misharsim. Ad These were the ones that were in the Olamoid. Remember, David Amalek brought the Aaron to the Yerushalayim. And he wanted to build the base of Migdash, but he at least did that. He did everything he could. He went from Hebron to Yerushalayim. And then he tried to bring the Aaron up, and there was uh, Peretz Uzzah. So he had to stop. And then he brought the Aaron up, and with the, uh, the singing and the dancing, as we'll learn again in this Sefer, and Yamim, Ad until Shlomo Amalek built the base of Migdash in Yerushalayim. And then they went there. They brought it. They brought their rules there. Yes, Shlomo built the base of Migdash, but remember the Gemara Masechus Vachim that tells us that David and Melech was Mekadesh the Ritzpah. David was Mekadesh. He sanctified the ground. That he hallowed the ground. Hallowed the ground. That's what Tosas points out in Zvachim Adaf Chavdalid. The Gemara says the Gemara there has a suffix. The Gemara says if there is a tile missing uh, in the base of Migdash and the coin standing on the ground where the tile should be, is that considered on the floor? Is that okay? And the question, the Gemara says, is, Ki Kaddish David Ritzpah. When David sanctified the ground, El Yona Kaddish, Odilma Adla Aris Tatoma Kaddish. Did he sanctify only the upper layer, where the tiles were, or did he sanctify all the way down? Ask Tosas, what do you mean, David? V'yavagav de Shlomo Bana Habayis, David Kitsha. Even though Shlomo built it, David sanctified the Mikdash, and that's how the Gemara mm-hmm. could even ask that question. So he brought them, David brought them in. Who are they? Here they are. There's one from each of the sons. Gershon Kasamurari. The one from Kahaz is Haman. Haman rode Perke to Hillim. Hamishorer. And then it goes backwards. Ben, Yoel, Ben Shmuel, Ben Elkanah, Ben Yerocham, Ben Eliel goes all the way back to 
Ben Yitzhar, Ben Gaz, Ben Levi, Ben Yisrael. Ben Yisrael. Goes all the way back to Yisrael, to Yaakov Avinu. And then Va'achiv, his brother, Asaf. Ha'omer al-Yimino. Asaf is on his right. So Haman is from... Um, Haman is from Kahas. Then Asaf, Ha'omer al-Yimino. Asaf, Ben Berechia, Ben Shima, Ben Michal, V'chulu, going all the way back. Ben Gershom, Ben Levi. He's from Gershom. And then Uvenei Merari, Achayim al-Smol, Eitan. Eitan, Ben Kishi, Ben Avdi, Ben Malok, going all the way back. Ben Merari, Ben Levi. So you have one from each of the of the sons from Kahas and from uh, Mirari and from Gershom. All three. The Radak points out that it's interesting. By Haman, it goes all the way back to Ben Levi, Ben Yisrael. To Asaf and Eitan, it just goes back to Ben Levi. So Pasha's Haman maybe was more Chashuv. He was the most Chashuv. He was the one that sung in the middle. Asaf to his right and Eitan to his left. He was the most Chashuv of the three. Lichvodam, says the Radak, Miyaches, Kalechad, Mehem, Adlevi. The Haman, Shayagodov, and Nichman, Meashnaim, Yichasu, Ad Yaakov Avinu. He was more Chashuv. He was more Chashuv. Uabresha, Yichman, Meashnaim, he was also in the middle. But also he quotes the Chazal that we know also, I think Rashi quotes on the Torah, that Yaakov Avinu says, I don't want to be mentioned with Korach, but I'll be mentioned in the Beis Amigdash. So that's why in the beginning of Korach, by Yitzhar ben Yitzhar ben Kaz ben Levi, doesn't say Yaakov there. Because he didn't want his name to be mentioned with Korach. That's why Yaakov Avinu gets his name, gets his name in this parak as Yisrael. So we have Haman, Asaf, and Eitan. And then we have and then we have all of those who are doing the avoda. And we start off with Aaron and his sons are being maktir. Aaron, Aaron's not alive anymore. What's uh, what's Aaron doing here? You have all the other ones, right? All the other ones. Based on all of everything that Moshe commanded, what's Aaron? Sort of Shkain Shvulevitz has a sicha where he talks about even everybody stands in the place of. Aaron a Kohen. Every Kohen Gadol is in the shoes of Aaron. But it's that Kohen Gadol that Kodesh Baruch Hu puts into every dar. And he has a beautiful Maimar in, in, on page Kuf Samachtes, Kuf, Kuf Ayin in the Sichas Musar, where he talks about the greatest j- rabbis in the earlier generations couldn't be leaders in the later generations. Hashem tailor makes every leader, every teacher of Torah to every generation. And Rabbi Kivager is not meant to be in our generation. And we're not supposed to be in Rabbi Kivager's generation. And when you follow these leaders, but they all stand in the, in the feet of the, uh, in the shoes of the previous generation. And they follow everything in the base of Mikdash that Moshe told them. But Moshe here is called Moshe Eved Elokim. As we know, that's, a, that's an appellation, that's a praise that's mentioned by Moshe, about Moshe in the beginning of Sefer Yoshua, and it's mentioned at the end of Sefer Yoshua about Yoshua, the Radak in the first parak of Yoshua says, Eved Elokim, Eved means somebody who all of his faculties and all of his kochos go to serve being an Eved. And that's what Moshe did. That's what Moshe did. Everything that he had, he gave to being an Eved. So, and now we have the Levium who were singers, and now we get to the other, uh, the rest of Shevet Levi. We go to many of the Kohanim, as we had in the last parak. We also had Kohanim Gedolim. It is where they lived. Right? All of these areas that are mentioned are somewhere within proximity of Yerushalayim. We don't want to be so far out, so all of these cities uh, generally are pretty close. 
Um, some of them are Ari Miklat, as we know, there are six Ari Miklat, and again, some of the names don't line up exactly with the Ari Miklat that we have in the mentioned elsewhere. The Radak again says, just like Divrei Hayamim has multiple names for people, it also might have multiple names for places and for cities, and that's what he mentions. And he, we know many of these names are familiar. We don't know exactly if it's the same ones that we have. Geva, Geva is not near uh, um, Yerushalayim. In Yerushalayim, Anatot, right, those are in the in the north, right close where Yirmiyo is from. Beit Shemesh is mentioned. There are a couple of Beit Shemeshes in the uh, in the Navi, so we don't know exactly if that's uh, included. And it goes through all of the Shvatim that they um, give some cities in their Nachla for of the Levium to live. Towards the end, we have even Aver Hayarden, Mevel Hayarden Yerecho, they were Ari Miklat there, Betzer Bamidbar, Yatsa mentioned there. Remember that, uh, that Gemara in Makkah that says there were equal number of Ari uh, Miklat on the east and the, and the west side of the Jordan. The question is why? When you need the equal side? Well, many, many, many more people on the left side, on the west side. So Gemara says, Gila Nefishe Roschem. There were a lot of murderers on the east side. You needed more Ari Miklat. Ask Tosfus, what do you mean? Ari Miklat are only for killing Bishogeg, not killing Bamazid. So, if you look in the Gurarye, the Maharal writes in the end of Amidbar, he says, because shogigs aren't full shogigs. If there are shogigs, that means people aren't as nizhar in, in being careful about life as they should be. And therefore, it can lead to shogigs also. And it continues um, in that regard. Either way, this is some of the thoughts about Shevet Levi and where they live. Um, towards the end, we even have in Matagad. And now we're up to Parag Zion, which is about some of the other Shvatim that we're going to get into. Yisachar, Binyamin, Naftali, and the like. Okay, we'll stop here.